Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Later on, I'll be talking to Ross Newham from East Morling Research. They're one of the top research institutes in the world and in the field of horticultural sciences. With the threat of climate change and with demand higher than ever, I'll be asking Ross about the challenges of fruit and vegetable production. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this podcast, and to Charlie Jones, my producer. I was uh, very surprised to hear Vanessa Feltz reading out some of uh, our gardening advice on her Half past five on BBC Two programme. So, Vanessa, thank you very much. A bit embarrassing, really, to think that when I sit at home scribbling a few words that it might be spread to the wider world. But there we are. It was the piece on moving uh, big trees. It really upsets me when people cut them off at ground level and then you've got nothing left to get hold of when you want to dig the stump out. So, with uh, luck, she will have given that a great deal more publicity. We have uh, some interesting news too in that our podcast has been shortlisted in the Garden Media Guild Awards, uh, which I will hear uh, sometime today. I'm not very hopeful, quite honestly. How can we, humble little people in our studio here, match the power of uh, the great BBC? But there we are. Looks as if we're in the top three, so we must be doing something right. At the Plant Society's workshop at uh, Wisley last week, I heard from Jim Marshall that they're trying to reinvigorate the plant awards. You know the Royal Horticultural Society actually started above a bookshop in West London with the various members bringing plants in and showing them to one another. And that practice has carried right through the 200 years of our society, but it's rather fallen a bit by the wayside. Anybody can come in off the street with a plant which they think has merit and put it up for an award. And the various committees can look at it and if they think that it's different or unique or useful enough, then it can be given there and then an award of merit. If they're not quite sure about it, it can be given a preliminary commendation. And if it's a plant which has already had awards and is pretty well accepted and it's been grown particularly well, well then the committee can give it a cultural commendation, praise the garden of what they've done. I wish them every success with this reinvigoration because I think it's one of the most important parts of gardening. You know, it's great growing things, but you also need to share your success with others. Now also, uh, 
at the Grow Show South exhibition, a trade exhibition down near Chichester, I saw a, a thing called Pot Topper. It's a wood fibre, looks almost like wood wool, very dark in colour. It's going to be offered by a company called Sinclair. And what it's used for is to apply a layer onto container plants. Currently, if you go out into a garden centre, you'll very often find that the surface on pots of shrubs and conifers, roses, trees, is covered with chip bark. We do this because it smothers weed and it stops um, algae and other growth, just keeps the surface nice and clean. But the problem is that if the wind blows the pot over, these bark chips tend to fall out. Pot topper is a very useful cotton woolly sort of material and when you put that on the top instead of the chips and water it, it sort of settles and sinks and holds its place there. can be very useful. Not only that, I'm not going to have to keep cleaning the boot of my car out each time a pot falls over and fills the boot with all those wood chips. There were a lot of new plants too on show. It doesn't stop the introduction of new varieties. Very nice Berberus was uh, on display, which had a a really interesting, uh, I call it Picotee, I suppose, dark leaf colour with a lighter edge. Uh, I think we'll see a fair few of those in the next year or two. I also saw, uh, uh, not for the first time, the primrose or primula called Everlast. Just looks like um, an ordinary wild primrose, except that it starts flowering in September, October and just keeps flowering. In fact, plants in uh, my garden have flowered pretty well year round. I had to smile because uh, when I went to that Wisley meeting, there were some pots there on sale and it said wild primrose. I'll tell you, they may look like wild primroses, but they were never wild primroses. (laughs) If they were true wildings, then they wouldn't be flowering until April, May. And of course, these new Everlast ones look like primroses, but uh, at this time of the year, rich dark green leaves and a great centre of yellow flowers. You need to watch out for that primrose Everlast. It's an absolute winner. When it comes to uh, advice, then uh, I have to tell you that I'm just picking apple Braben. Somebody in the office said to me uh, they had one apple tree where the fruit was still ready to pick and of course that is the case. We have very early varieties like Discovery that we pick in September and then varieties that are very late like Braben. They're ready to pick late and they keep a long time. What frustrates me is I've just got one tree of Braben trained in an S shape. The trunk is S shaped And the blackbirds come, I wouldn't mind if they just picked one fruit, but they just take a peck out of every fruit all the way down the trunk. It's as if they're tasting to try and find the sweetest. I mean, there's lots on the ground they could have pecked at. Why did they have to go for mine all the way down that branch? And underneath a step-over tree of uh, apple red Ellison, I found one. It had obviously dropped from the tree and settled in the grass. I don't know what it is. But if you pick up an apple which has fallen naturally and then sits there in the damp and cool of the grass, its flavour improves out of all recognition. It was an absolute delight. I don't know how I can reproduce that. wouldn't want to put picked apples into long grass. I'm afraid too many things would have a go at those. But uh, 
Keeping them cool and damp, that's the best way. Actually, if you've just got a few apples and you want to keep them as long as possible, put six to ten in a clear polythene bag, seal the top, and make four or five pinprick holes in the polythene. Carbon dioxide then builds up within the bag, and that delays the ripening. And so you'll find that apples will keep longer, just stored that way. If you've got room to put them in the uh, vegetable drawer in the fridge, even better. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now today I have a very special guest because if you travel the world in the fruit growing areas and you mention mauling, everybody knows about East Mauling Research in Kent and uh, this afternoon we've got the Operations Director, Ross Newham here. Ross, you must have quite a responsibility uh, on your shoulders, all your research scientists facing the challenges uh, of food production in the next few years. All kinds of difficulties we face, don't we? Absolutely. Uh, You know, we've we've got an increasing population. Uh, We've got an increasingly affluent population. And I think it's one of the remarkable statistics is that we've got to produce as much food in the 50 years between 2000 and 2050 as we did in the 500 years between 1500 and 2000. And that's really remarkable. And We've got to do that set against the backdrop of protecting the environment with uh, ever-increasing demands on different sectors for water. The fact that we don't actually have twice as much land available to produce all this food. So, yeah, there's some, some significant challenges. We've got to produce more probably nutritional calories per hectare than we've ever done before. Uh, and that's uh, somewhat daunting in some respects, but a hugely exciting challenges for us within the plant sciences sector. I mean, if I look back over my 50 plus years in the industry, the yields that we've uh, achieved, the increase in yields, it's really quite remarkable, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we probably when uh, East Morling was first founded, we were talking about widely spaced apple trees um, yielding four to six tonnes per hectare being picked uh, annually in the uh, the autumn harvest by labour from the east side of London. And we're now looking readily at uh, 40 to 60 tonnes uh, per hectare available or achievable by the industry. And if we could maximise light interception, and given that we're 
so many degrees north as we are from the equator, light is always going to be one of those challenging factors for us. So how we intercept more and more light to increase the yield, potentially up to something like 110 tonnes per hectare of good nutritional apples and crops like this, uh, is uh, yeah, very exciting for the future. Do you really see that as a possibility, 110 tonnes to the acre? That's, that's what we could do if we could get, the, if we could get somewhere near 100% light interception. How we would do that, uh, well, we're not there yet. We would need to come up with uh, new ways of growing apple trees on new systems and probably new machinery to, uh, uh, to work under a crop. But uh, that's what my, my colleagues would say would be potentially possible. So uh, lots of science still to be done. I mean, from four tons to the acre yeah, to one hundred, a twenty-five-fold increase in a lifetime. Well, and of course, the the rootstocks that were released um, from that early work that Mauling did a hundred years ago, where it it gathered the rootstocks in from the different nurseries and propagators around the UK and Europe, and then released them out to the industry as the numbered sequence of M1 to 29 uh, that really enabled us to go from these hugely wide space trees to these uh, narrow sometimes even 40 centimeter spacings uh, within rows um, so we've done we've achieved so much over those years I w- I'd be wrong of me to claim that every advancement came from East Malling but a lot of the significant advancements came from East Malling and we've got to uh, employ the next generation of scientists who are going to uh, meet some of those challenges and realise some of those potentials that really are there. I mean, the amazing thing is that with those rootstocks that you introduced all those years ago, they earn you nothing in, in today's plant variety rights. Just think of the income that would have come Absolutely. from Mauling 9 and Mauling 27. Absolutely, but of course we did all of those, uh, all of that early science was done for, for the right reasons and it was to take the industry forward. A lot of the work was done uh, under the guise of the Empire Marketing Board so that we could take out the science to enable us to import fruit so that uh, the consumers in the UK could enjoy the fruit throughout the year so um, what a wonderful sentiment and probably something that we do all expect to eat apples and uh, another fruit uh, for 12 months of the year it's no longer this they're no longer seasonal crops where there's a huge glut and unfortunately with huge gluts we then get depressed prices so uh, what we need to do is to to meet the needs of the consumer by extending the season and delivering what the consumer wants throughout the year. The uh trials that you've done uh, and the recommendations you make about closer planting in practice it suits the home gardener too doesn't it a lot of a lot of the work that we've done uh has the potential to be um taken up by the the amateur gardener so the new rootstocks enabled us to plant apple trees and things like that into much smaller uh, gardens as as gardens have got smaller the uh, development of autumn fruiting uh, raspberries has enabled us to extend the season and people now grow a lot of the uh, mauling series of uh, raspberry varieties and again that's that's transformed the way that we can actually uh, crop not just in our garden but also then on to some of the consumer benefits and we're talking about reducing waste and uh, making food much more affordable than ever it was before yes and you you mentioned raspberries i mean this this morning I picked a punnet of, of raspberries out in the garden, uh, and you've got two new varieties, haven't you, coming out? Absolutely. So we've just launched uh, Mauling Charm and Mauling Bella, 
they're another step forward and that's what breeders are always trying to do make these incremental steps forward in improving uh, fruit quality improving the flavor characteristics the uh, a fraction of an increase in the fruit size reduces the cost of uh, labor to harvest crop so all of these little incremental improvements are actually big steps forward for the for the industry so um, we're looking forward to uh, these two new varieties being more widely grown in the industry. Currently, they are available in terms of a limited number uh, of plants, uh, and it'll be some time before those plants would be available to the amateur market. But at the moment, they're being bulked up and grown by uh, just one or two places in the UK. But we should see some supply to the uh, retail sector in 2018. But always very exciting when a new variety just pushes the boundary that little bit further on from the previous variety. So uh, we've got those coming out. We've also got two other raspberries which have been released to the amateur market. So, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting things. Uh, Me Smalling's always been at the forefront of uh, releasing new and exciting fruit varieties, and it's a, a long-standing pedigree and one that we look forward to uh, maintaining over the coming years. And, of course, not just raspberries. You and I came together a few years ago with the Mauling Centenary Strawberry. Absolutely. And, and it gave me quite a thrill when I was going shopping in Tesco recently to see the packs of strawberry with Mauling Centenary on the label. So that's becoming now an established commercial variety, presumably. Absolutely. And um, you know, the previous uh, industry standard was a variety called El Santa. And on some of the trials, we would yield... Uh, 80-85% of class 1 produce. Morley Centenary's got better flavour characteristics, it's a, uh, a nicer crop to grow. Under some of the trials, you know, it's gone up to something like 98 or 99% class 1 produce. That's fantastic achievement for uh, reducing the waste. I mean, waste is such a, a big challenge for food production in the future. We need to get everything we grow to the consumer. And if we've got varieties yielding as high as that, uh, then we're making significant steps forward. Not half. And I picked a fruit off my morning centenary today. Fantastic. So is it accepted that it can be double cropping? Well, I'm not sure that a grower would necessarily want to, but if it's doing it in your garden, it may be because uh, uh, of the length of the season or the time of cropping. Probably a grower may not want that to happen. They would want a, a, a more programmed, bigger yield. But if it's doing it, then that must be what the plant wants to do. Well, it's certainly what I want it to do. Absolutely. <laughs> and I don't remember picking, you know, really tasty ripe strawberries mid-November before. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Could we just move on a little bit more to some other crops that you're growing? I mean, I seem to remember that you were doing trials with grapes and also ash trees. I mean, you, you know, the range of work that you do at East Morning is... Uh, really quite extensive absolutely well i mean let's start with the uh, the comment that you make about ash we as a center for a perennial crops research so we've been working with trees for 100 years and some of that is looking at uh, the pests and the diseases and the way that these uh, that fruit trees grow but there's no reason why we couldn't and shouldn't be applying that research to other crops um, and indeed 20 years ago we started a project a DEFRA funded project looking at uh, some of the best trees that are around the UK so we did a collection of superior specimens and we brought them back to Kent and we did um, various different trials on them and we've now uh, at the end of that project we planted some of those 
plants that we know have the genetic capability to be superior trees and we planted them here at East Morling uh, with the uh, East Morling Trust. What's then happened is that we've maintained our scientific capability and when a problem like ash dieback has arisen, so we've got a collection of trees which may or may not be susceptible to uh, some of these new diseases which are always coming in as we uh, ship produce and plants from around the world. So we were able and well placed to get involved in a collaborative project to look at how we can uh, look at the genetics of uh, some of these, some of the resistance to some of these important diseases. So, yeah, we're very much involved in uh, ash dieback, and we've got uh, some plants, uh, some trees here from natural stock in the UK, which seem to uh, confer some resistance to uh, ash dieback. So, yeah, hugely exciting times, and and a wide range of crops. And the other crop you mentioned there are grapes, and we've got an ever-expanding, hugely rapidly expanding viticulture sector in the UK. That's something that's going up by millions and millions of pounds per year. But what we need to do is to underpin that, is to provide a research service so that we develop systems and growing techniques to underpin a UK viticulture sector using UK viticulture sector conditions. So we've got the, the terroir, that balance between the, the crop and the environment and the soil. Uh, and what we've got to do is to come up with varieties, we've got to work with the plant breeders, and we've got to come up with new training systems so that we get the best balance between all of the different factors. So grapes is uh, rapidly increasing in the UK and now has a uh, a research capability a 0.7 hectare uh, bespoke research vineyard led by a colleague of mine Dr Julian Lecour who is uh, applying his knowledge that he's gained around the world to benefit the UK viticulture sector and again that's one that um, huge huge potential as climate change offers us an opportunity. So not everything about climate change is a challenge. Some of those are opportunities as well. Uh, when I drove through East Morling recently, I saw a, a patch of trees that had really dark purple flowers in the spring and then really rich purple fruits in the autumn. What apple tree would that have been? And, and are you looking at uh, getting pink apple juice or something like that? Absolutely. So uh, that's a variety called Red Love that we're growing uh, on a commercial scale here at uh, at East Morling. We've also just launched uh, a new pink-fleshed variety, um, Sunburst, which is uh, available in very limited uh, supplies, but is a is a fantastic uh, novelty. It, it has a real wow factor. Um, it's slightly a yellowy skin on the outside, uh, but when you bite into it, you have this a fantastic texture and juice and crispiness that uh, consumers like from modern varieties. And then when you look at it, it's got this pink flesh on the inside. And that's something that varieties taking steps forward it isn't just about increasing productivity per hectare it's also delivering to the consumer some of that wow factor so the breeding program here at East Malling uh, is delivering new varieties with that wow factor which will uh, I challenge anybody not to uh, have a great big smile on their face when they try some of the new pink fleshed apples here. Ross I have to tell you we have a soft spot for anything that's called sunburst <laughs> if you put the name sun in it immediately attracts our attention absolutely absolutely <laughs> well i'm sure it can make all of your readers uh, smile when they uh, uh, when production gets up 
sufficiently that uh, we're able to supply a more national audience, uh, it'll make a lot of people smile. Ross, thank you very much for giving us time. Look forward to seeing you on your home ground soon. I never make a visit to East Morling without coming back inspired and full of exciting new things going on. So please convey our thanks to all your staff and uh, much strength to your elbows. Thank you, Peter. Always welcome on here. Always welcome at this site. Take care. On the tube, on the way into uh, the office... Uh, I was suddenly caught unawares by a, a creamy, furry head popping out of somebody's bag. I thought it was a rat, first of all, but then having another look, it was a ferret. <laughs> now, it's a long time since I've seen a ferret. When we were youngsters, of course, we had them on the farm. We used to put them down rabbit holes to drive out rabbits. <laughs> and they were pretty fearsome creatures. This one seemed to be quite tame. You never know what you're going to see, do you? Especially on the tube. Last week I too mentioned the robotic mowers that they're using at Edinburgh to uh, cut the grass. Well, I now hear that they forecast even more dramatic developments using drones. Can you imagine a large drone taking off with eight or ten robotic mowers and flying through the air to land on a roundabout... And all the mowers then drop away from the drone and cut the grass all the way round. And when they've finished, go back into the drone and the drone takes off and then takes them somewhere else to a park, for example, where they all drop almost like a battalion of soldiers and off they go cutting the grass. The computers remember exactly where they've got to go and where they've got to cut. And when they come up to a tree, then they just split and cut and go round the tree. They say that it will release staff to do more productive plant care work. And of course, uh, if you're trying to cut grass on a roundabout, you've got to take a vehicle with a trailer and the mower on the back, and then you've got to get it offloaded and cut the grass on the roundabout. You know, all kinds of health and safety uh, implications. But you just give us 10 years, apparently, and it's all going to be by drone and robotic mower. Uh, even roof gardens moaned by drones. Thanks again to our sponsors, Sutton Seeds of Torquay, and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.